This is exactly right. Camp for a lot of kids seems to serve as a North Star. You know, it's an experience they have as a kid that they refer back to throughout their lives, no matter how much camp they actually attended. You know, it has such a profound impact that it's something they um, kind of hold out there as, as North Star as they navigate into adulthood. Welcome to the Parent Footprint Podcast with Dr. Dan. I am your host, Dr. Dan, and let me tell you about our mission at Parent Footprint. Our mission is to make the world a more loving and compassionate place, one parent and one child at a time. We believe at Parent Footprint that the key to raising happy, healthy, and engaged kids is for us parents to seek the same in our own lives, happiness, health, and engagement. We firmly believe that awareness is the foundation for your vision of successful parenting. And with increased awareness and intention, we can be purposeful about leaving a healthy footprint on our children. And one way to leave a healthy footprint on our children is give them wonderful, enriched experiences. And that is what this show is about. Five reasons why parents send their kids to camp. And let me introduce you to our guest, Dr. Lori Brown. Lori is the Director of Research for the American Camp Association. She specializes in measuring youth outcomes, program quality assessment, and issues related to access, equity, and inclusion. Prior to joining the American Camp Association, Lori was an assistant professor in the Department of Recreation, Hospitality, and Parks Management at Cal State University, Chico, and she received her PhD from the University of Utah, where she studied youth development and research methods. And most importantly, she has three campers of her own, ages 16, 13, and 11. Never a dull moment. Welcome to the show, Lori. (laughs) Hello, Dr. Dan. So how did you get into camping or being a camper? Well, it's, it's a great story. It's a long story. I'll try and keep it short. I went to camp as a kid. I was an only child. So I always say that camp was the best thing my parents ever gave to me. Camp was a dream. Um, I was a very outgoing only child. So to, to be in that space, um, I felt like I was my true self. Um, and so I never left. I went to camp and then worked at camp. Uh, ultimately, met my husband at camp. We got married at camp. And wow. now our kids are in camp. And I feel very fortunate to make my, my life work um, to support camps in the ways that they support uh, kids and families. That is so awesome. And there are, as you know, there are so many stories like yours where people meet their people, grow up with these people, and marry these people, and then go back. Um, and it's just part of, it's like woven into your life. And uh, I grew up going to camp and being a camp counselor and um, co direct a camp as well. And so I can tell you, knowing personally and for our campers, like those touch points, no matter where they go out in the world, knowing that they have these relationships and connections seem to sustain them even through some of the tougher moments that might be happening at home or in their social life in their normal, regular world. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I know we're going to talk about research a whole bunch, but I'll, I'll say a term we have for that, that we've identified in our, in our ongoing um, work we're doing right now about the long-term outcomes of camp. And that is that, that camp 
for a lot of kids seems to serve as a North star. Mm. You know, it's the experience they have as a kid that they refer back to throughout their lives, no matter how much camp they actually attended, you know, it has such a profound impact that it's something they um, kind of hold out there as, as North star as they navigate into adulthood. Okay. That term just has given me the prolonged chills um, because that, that is, that really is what it is, right? That thing that you look, you know, it's there that you, you have your, your beacon and um, you're wow. Speechless. Um, How did you guys come upon that? You know, we are, our study. um, So just a, a, a bit of background, we are in year four of a five-year, multi-year study that um, has a lot of components, a lot of different phases. But we started the study kind of acknowledging that we don't know what we don't know. Um, we, we took a very open, exploratory approach. We went to a group of folks uh, who are now between the ages of 18 and 25 and asked them to tell us about their childhood camp experiences. And some of these folks had only attended you know, a couple weeks total as a kid. Others attended eight weeks of camp every summer for their entire childhood. So, you know, ranges of experiences, but they continue to refer back to sort of the um, the ways that camps impacted them that they might not have even realized as a child, but now as a kind of an emerging adult, they, they reflected on how often they refer back to camp, especially navigating adulthood. Mm. Um, one of the biggest examples, most kind of concrete examples I have uh, about this is, Folks who are in college said, yeah, now that I'm in college, I, I really refer back to my camp experience living with, with my peers, mm-hmm. living away from home, living with uh, people that I like and sometimes don't like. <laughs> and, and I did that as a camper. And now here I am in college and I'm doing that and I'm doing it well. And that's largely because of camp. And d- so that's just one example yeah. of how we're seeing that. And, does, and it makes me think does, about the research in the in sense of does it, are there differences between day camp versus overnight camp? Absolutely. And largely those differences come in terms of um, why kids are enrolled in those programs. And we're we're actually studying that right now from the family perspective. Um, We're looking at family decision-making and what drives parents to make decisions about camp, constraints they face to camp attendance, and the role of camp ranging from daycare uh, to, you know, more... um, I'm just going to say kind of as a a retreat, you know, like a typical overnight camp. Mm -hmm. And so... Day camps are, serve a critical purpose in the overall camp landscape. They're uh, accessible to a vast uh, range of, of kids and often serve as a starting point for much uh, larger and more in-depth camp experiences. So in terms of outcomes, our day camp um, experiences tend to show the same types of outcomes in terms of responsibility and teamwork and relationship skills and um uh, an outcome that we call interest in exploration. Day camp is a great context for kids to explore new things. Um, and then those outcomes just deepen as the camp experience grows and as kids move into overnight camp experiences. Mm-hmm. So so the five reasons, I'm going to give an overview to our listeners here and then we'll dive deep. The five reasons um, are to develop independence, to experience outdoor fun and adventure, relaxation, Living unplugged, and that's of course a newer phenomenon for all of us, um, and becoming better at making and keeping friends. So these are what you're finding people are looking at when they are sending their kids away. They are, and these are what we're finding from our uh, the parents that are participating in our study is what they are articulating as as the value of sending their kid to camp. Mm-hmm. Which um, are are should we take these in any particular order? Do they build upon each other? Are there any that are more important oh, to yeah. you? No, they overlap a little bit, but let's just start from the top. Okay. 
independence. Yeah. So, you know, independence is relatively intuitive when we talk about overnight camp experiences. You're sending your kid away. Literally, they're staying away from home for anywhere from three or four days to upwards of eight weeks. And, uh, you know, I'll note that that sort of classic multi-week overnight camp experience, um, which is very traditional, is is still a thriving dimension of of camp. <laughs> and, and it's not for everybody, but it still exists. And a lot of people think, oh, I could never do that. But there's still a lot of families that, that do send kids away from for big chunks of time. But more typical is a three to five day overnight camp experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, you brought up day camps, and I'm so glad you did. Because even in the context of day camps, we're seeing independence emerge as a key outcome. Mm-hmm. And where that really comes from at day camp is that there's opportunity for meaningful decision making. Um, kids very typically get some autonomy over their activity choice. Um, they do get opportunities for leadership. A lot of camps have progressions where, you know, as kids come year after year, they move into counselor and training type roles and often into staff roles. So we see this progression of leadership even at day camps. Um, but again, coming back to day camp to overnight camps, you know, independence is um, really natural when kids are away from home. Um, but there's also this notion, especially at overnight camps, of, of sort of all of real life playing out right there at the camp. Um, very typically, kids have responsibilities. They have chores. They have ways that they need to contribute to the community. Um, they get to make decisions about which activities and skills they want to pursue. They get to make decisions about um, healthy risk-taking. Um, they get to make decisions about relationships that they want to form. And so independence it really is uh, you know, a very strong outcome that we hear from campers and parents for both overnight and day camp experiences. And we know that it's hard. It's often hard for us to be our best selves when we're at home or our most strong, assertive selves, regardless of how old we get, right? Like we go back into family patterns. And so sometimes you, your child gets to experience, gets to be, realize parts of themselves that they were previously not able to be aware of or access or utilize when they're away from home. Absolutely. And this this really does kind of um, bleed a little bit into the the other, you know, the next two reasons. I think there were the next two on the list regarding kind of relaxation, separation from technology, you know, it's, it's what we're calling just overall separation from, t- you know, in time and space from home. And, and even day camps do this, you know, it's, it's a, it's a day long separation versus a multi-day separation, but still this, this sense that kids are reporting as being apart you know, being apart from daily life. And that really enables um, sort of this identity exploration. You know, I get to, I get to be um, a version of myself or test a version of myself in this really safe and supportive way. And then reflect back on it. And, you know, did that work or did that not work? So camp is a really healthy context for what we, we call sort of identity exploration. And as kids grow older, because we are tracking kids over time, um, we see that kind of solidify. Mm-hmm. You know, kids report that over my many years at camp, I was able to really kind of hone who who and how I wanted to be. And and largely, I'll just add this one this one last piece to that is because of what we call um, kind of the the near peer other. That camp staff tend to be young, um, relatable more so than say teachers or coaches or other grown ups in kids' lives, and so they have this opportunity to to really uh, kind of reflect on identity through these um, camp staff 
who serve as, you know, role models and mentor mentors and just a visual of, ah, this is this is kind of how I want to be when I grow up. Um, so that's a really powerful role in the campus. Absolutely. And I I recall my, my relationship to the counselors, um, particularly the younger counselors, I would say, and the rising counselors or the associate senior counselors, um, CITs, those are among my most important relationships that I looked forward to. I mean, it was equally how badly I wanted to see those counselors again. I mean, how they were just such positive role models and positive relationships. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I'll add this one piece of our research, you know, we're not just looking at the outcomes of the camp experience, but when people tell us, you know, I learned independence at camp, we always follow that up with how, what happened at camp to help you learn that. And across, you know, multiple iterations now and multiple different um, segments of our sample, what we hear over and over and over and over is, the staff. Mm -hmm. The staff are the key component of the camp experience, the most memorable and absolutely instrumental in fostering outcomes that that last over time. And I was sitting with a bunch of, I was presenting this to a bunch of camp professionals at a camp conference where there was a big um, expo center, you know, where there's all the vendors selling all kinds of amazing equipment and, you know, fun water, um, jungle gyms and, and so forth. And this one director said, you mean you're telling me <laughs> that, you know, I'm, I'm spending all this money on, on these incredible activities and, and equipment and so forth, but really it's about staff. <laughs> like that's what our research <laughs> yeah. says. Even with the bling, it still comes down to those relationships and those people. Um, yep. What I was thinking about of these five, two of them seem so much more important, again, in this new era that we're living in, in terms of, so one, let's say one which is still more timeless is relaxation. Uh, sure. Yes, it's great to get away from school and parents and, and, and be relaxed. And yet, in this day and age, we have so many overscheduled, overpressured, overstressed, and this is not necessarily anyone's fault, right? So it's just kind of a, a machine that's happening that we're trying to do something about. And for these kids to be able just to get away from needing to achieve or just do having to do stuff for other than chill time is is unfortunately something we have to teach many kids these days. It, it is, and the way we're seeing this out, and again, a lot of uh, a lot of our data, you know, like I said, our study has multiple components. The component that involved talking to emerging adults about their childhood camp experiences, um, what we heard over and over is that when I was at camp as a kid, I learned how to be present in the moment. And keep in mind, that wasn't something they necessarily identified as a child. I don't know that a child could identify that, but these are now, you know, young adults who are recognizing how limited opportunities they have to truly just be present, to not worry about past or present or future, um, to really not feel a sense of pressure and, and to live a little bit more spontaneously, I think is super powerful. And they said, not only is that a good part about attending camp, but it's something I'm now carrying into my adult life is this appreciation for living in the moment. And one of the things that takes us right out of the moment on a regular basis, all of us of all ages, is this whole technology thing. So the unplugging goal, which now is this, it is a specific reason in my experience, as well as your research, uh, that parents are like, we want our kid to be unplugged. This is so key. And at, uh, at our, the camp that I'm involved in, we wrestled with this the first few years. And okay, only 
Nintendo during free time. And people are like, well, my music thing is attached to this technology thing. And, but my Kindle, how about if I just read my, and then all of a sudden where you know, people are streaming and, and finally about, I don't know, maybe four years ago, we finally said, okay, none. We're doing it like other camps, none. And if you don't want to be here with none, we're sorry, but you don't have to be here. And it was one of the best decisions we ever made. I'm excited to tell you all about a company that is fully aligned with our mission at Parent Footprint to create a loving and healthy world, one child and parent at a time. This company is called Wild Foods. Wild Foods is a food company that puts quality, sustainability, and health first in all of their products. They have everything from coffee to fish oil, and every single product is painstakingly sourced from small farms all around the world. And they take their mission as seriously as we do. Their mission is to fix the broken food system. And they believe that real food is medicine. They have partnered with us to give all of our listeners 12% off your order if you use the code FOOTPRINT12. You've got to check these guys out. They're at wildfoods.co. And then that's what we're finding. Um, The vast majority of camps have no technology policy, literally do not have access to either Wi-Fi or devices. Um, so there's, you know, uh, kind of that access uh, issue that, that makes it fairly easy for a lot of our more uh, nature-based mm-hmm. camps. Um, you know, we actually, one of the graduate students that I work with did a, did a really little study, but very interesting, where she looked at camps that, you know, she looked at, at kind of technology policies across different camps and looked at different policies and, and talked to kids. And they're, they're, perceptions of these policies. And one of the findings is that kids appreciated being apart from their devices. They, they, it was not easy, but they recognized the value of it and felt better mm-hmm. for it. Um, yeah, I remember when one of my teenagers went away to a camp and could not have technology. And uh, he came back completely surprised about how nice it was <laughs> right like we yeah. we it just it just oh, constant yeah. stress to check in we don't realize that it's it's constantly playing on us so so to have this place where people again can connect be more present um not realize so much more to life than technology and for many of our kids they don't know life without technology like we do right right now i i tell people you know with my, my three kids when they come back it's almost impossible to describe the change. It's subtle, but so profound. I, I feel like they they sleep better. They're just more grounded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not different people. They're still, ex- you know, all, all the great features that make my children, but there's something about them that's more grounded when they come back mm-hmm. from, you know, two weeks away without any technology and immersed in the outdoors and spending time right. with phenomenal you know, peers and staff and so And I'm hearing listeners and parents saying to themselves, okay, but how do we keep that going throughout the year? And that is a different podcast, people. Mm-hmm. That is very cha- yeah. that is very challenging to do, but is a I good goal. Into that yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so any, um, okay, so then we have the unplugging and we have, so the other thing is fun, like good old fashioned fun. And it, it seems so yeah, simple. It, 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 Big. It's so simple yet so overlooked, and I'd say devalued. You know, you, you mentioned in my bio that I have a, a degree in in recreation, and we are. We always said we're scientists of fun, hmm. and I would tell people that I'm getting this degree in recreation. People say, "Oh, does that mean you play volleyball all day?" Say, no, as much as I like volleyball, 
I, I actually am, am trying to understand fun from a, a really theoretical point of view and a scientific point of view. And when it comes to youth, fun is critical. It's the hook. It's what opens up the pathways of learning. It's what nurtures relationships. It's what keeps kids coming back for more. It's what allows them to see their true selves. There is nothing more important than fun and interest. Kids have to have an intrinsic interest in what they're doing to be able to gain anything from that thing. So we we think fun is is absolutely critical. It's not the outcome, however. It's the vehicle. You know, it's it's the vehicle that we get to um, what we call our developmental outcomes. Things like friendship skills and interest in exploration and affinity for nature and all these great things that we're trying to target at camp. Fun is how we get there. So I can't speak more yeah. passionately about fun. <laughs> so Are there important. any, do you have any research or any comment on the difference in camp um, setting? Because we know there are some really fancy equipped camps with rope courses and mm -hmm. canoes and, you know, lots of activities. And then there are others that are much, uh, for lack of a better word, simple and natural and organic. Um, those are my words, but there's a whole continuum. Do those, do those make a difference? Nope. It's all about the kid. It's the kid and their intrinsic interest. You know, some kids are, are going to be, well, and I'll say, I'll add to that, I guess the staff, mm -hmm. you know, it's the staff who makes all the stuff come alive. So if, if you don't have a whole lot of fancy stuff and your staff are kind of lackluster, well, <laughs> there might be some challenges there. Uh, but kids are inherently curious. They're inherently creative. Mm -hmm. They, they, their natural setting is mm -hmm. play, right? And so we scrape away some of the fancy stuff that distracts from all that. Kids have everything they need to thrive in a very simple environment. That said, amazing, you know, camps are doing amazing stuff. We have STEM camps and we have astro camps mm -hmm. and we have sport camps and and so not to take away from any of these camps that are more focused, um, but it does in those situations absolutely come down to the kids' inherent interest in that area of focus. And you've touched, we've talked a lot about friends. Um, what would you say mm -hmm. to parents just to highlight the importance? Because we have, you know, a lot of, um, I would say ambivalent, you know, you know, there's a lot of ambivalence about sending your kid away, especially overnight for a while, depending on your child mm -hmm. and their temperament and development. What, what does the research show about friendship? It, you know, what we know is that it is, it's up there with independence in terms of our strongest, most consistent findings after decades of research, really. And in our current study that friendship um, and relationship skills is really the um, key kind of value proposition of the camp experience. It's one thing that camps do radically different. And I would say in a, in a, in a very profound way when compared to school sports and other, um, kind of developmental mm -hmm. settings is, is this opportunity to develop friendships. We know that this is something that camps do well and they do it well, pretty, pretty naturally. Um, most camps organize kids into small groups. So whether you're in a cabin or if you're at a day camp, you're sort of your, the group that you spend the most time with is much smaller than say a classroom or anything. So you just have more mm -hmm. interaction um, with other kids. And uh, most camps, like I've mentioned several times, offer lots of opportunities for choice along the way. So you have the opportunity to choose to do a specific activity with mm -hmm. your friends. Um, there's that choice element. And then the modeling of the camp staff. You know, camp staff really kind of straddle that role between friend and, mm -hmm. and leader. Um, and so they get to model what healthy friendship looks like. 
So it's a, it's a very natural and very profound outcome of yes. the camp experience. And, and as you know, too, friendships are changing and how kids form mm-hmm. and maintain right. friendships. So the opportunity to do that, you know, coming back with technology, yeah. <laughs> the opportunity to do that face-to-face is, is getting mm-hmm. harder and harder. But to also I found that the technology is allowing the kids who hold on to those relationships throughout the year, they now can actually stay in touch when in the past it was much more difficult to do so. Yeah. So true. It's so true. My kids have yep. group tests with all of their cabin buddies going back mm-hmm, for years. Mm-hmm. I love it. And that is a great reminder that we cannot just write off camps and or write right. off technology. Sorry. It, you know, one thing that we are working with camps is saying, you know, it, it's great to provide a respite from technology, but we also need to prepare kids to be, you know, healthy consumers mm-hmm. of technology. So what can we be doing at camp to help prepare kids right. for when they go home? Understand that technology is all around them. What do you say, you know, you know there's a, a lot of, there's a lot of kids who are anxious to go away and there are a lot of parents who are anxious about their kids going away either because um, their kids are anxious or have other different challenges or, and or parents are anxious themselves. Do you, what are your thoughts sure. about that for our listeners? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about this actually, and 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 these aren't my thoughts. These are thoughts that are bearing out in the camp industry. You know, I do a lot of uh, kind of research across camps to mm-hmm. look at trends and what camp providers are doing um, to address that very real mm-hmm. issue. Um, we're, we've been seeing that play out over the last, I, I'd say, eight to ten years. Is this increasing anxiety? Um, it's the sort of twofold anxiety around sending your child to camp. But also, um, kind of the FOMO mm-hmm. element. Like, I can't send my camp to for two weeks of camp when they have all these other things to do. So, I, I have two things to say about that. One is that a lot of camps are providing great stair step pathways into camp experiences. They no longer provide just one two week mm-hmm. option. They might have a three day intro camp. They might have a day camp that leads into an overnight camp. A lot of camps are adding family camps. Let's get families to come and experience this together. And then they'll feel far more comfortable sending their child away by themselves. Right. right? So that's um, kind of the pathway model that we're seeing emerge in a lot Mm -hmm. of camps right now. Um, But also this idea of kind of the FOMO piece that camps are becoming um, far more, I, I would just say, creative in their in their activity offerings. You know, recognizing that that parents want their kids to have the opportunity to try lots of different things and even develop expertise in very specific things. And instead of sending your kid to eight different camps, you know, a lot of camps are are looking for ways to provide all that different level um, kind of skill introduction and skill development all in one place. So one camp and you can play soccer and play tennis and play basketball and do drama and do art and yoga and mindfulness. Yeah, there's <laughs> the so many place, options right? these so, days. So many options. Yeah. Okay. I can't believe it, but it is time for the parent footprint moment question, Lori. Are you ready? I, uh, we'll I, see. I You're ready. So. You're ready. You have lots of experience. Okay. So tell us about a time when you became aware of yourself as a parent or as an individual and that new awareness had a positive impact on your child. Yeah. And I'm so glad you gave me a few moments to, to think about this and, and also thinking about, um, you know, kind of the frame for this podcast that mm-hmm. is awareness. And so I've been doing some work, uh, I'll just share personally around just kind of understanding, um, parts of parts work and understand the the parts of ourselves that show up. A lot of this is inspired by, you know, the movie <laughs> inside out. And we talk about this all the time in my family that, that we have parts of ourselves and they're all important and they're all critical actually. And they show up at different times 
and and we have protectors, right? Some of those parts really show up as protectors, you know, when we're feeling um, vulnerable or whatever in a in a given moment. And a really profound moment for me recently in a conversation around the parts of myself and my protectors is recognizing that my own kids are my protectors. Mm. And, you know, my kids are now entering their teenage years and it's, it's just this neat moment where I, I think, oh my gosh, I, you know, no longer is it just mm-hmm. a one-way thing where I am providing and keeping them safe and, and just parenting. It's become a two-directional thing where they see me as a person and they care about me as a person. And it's, it's uh, this profound, I, I think, shift and understanding that, that my kids see me and care about me and that I rely on them and they rely on me. And, and then getting back to the camp piece, I'll, there's one thing I'll add that was, it's kind of a surprise, it's intuitive, but kind of surprising and kind of fun to see emerge from our data. And that's parents sharing with us how important it is for them personally and for them as a parent to have time away yes. from their kids. And uh, I need to acknowledge it's a very culturally bound thing. Mm-hmm. So we need to say that that's not, you know, a value set of every, every parent, and every family, but you know, across the, the families that we have engaged in the study, and we have almost 400 of them. Um, we're, we're hearing this notion that, you know, having this time away from my kids, knowing that my kids are, you know, having this, this healthy developmental experience makes me a better parent or helps me be a better parent. And so I think that's kind of what I'm feeling is sort of this two directional, um, evolution awesome. of my own and, and and that is a wonderful awareness when we realize like there's this other human being that we are in relationship with instead of as you said protecting and guiding like it's 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 two ways and that really important piece you added at the end which is so aligned with our mission which is like for us to raise healthy kids we need to be healthy and engaged and actually have our own lives separate from them. And so there's a lot of that guilt that goes into, right? Like, oh no, I always need to be there. I can't miss like the, I can't miss anything. And no, it's important to have our own time just as it is for our kids to have their own time to develop without us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we've been a little afraid to mm-hmm. talk about that, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, but to see it bear out in research like this has sort of enabled this conversation that supports what so many of us have felt for generations. Yes, yes. So hear that, everyone? (laughs) Sending your kids to summer camp not only is great for them, but it is really good for you too. Everyone wins. Everyone wins. Mm -hmm. Okay, Lori, tell everyone where they can learn about your work, your research, the American Camp Association, and all of the resources that you guys have. Yeah, so just a note on the American Camp Association. We are the membership association of camps and youth programs in the country. We have over 3,000 camp members, uh, most of whom are uh, have met our standards for health, safety, and risk management. So I'd, I'd say look out for the American Camp Association seal of accreditation as a as kind of the gold seal of, of again, health, safety, and risk management at camps. You can find, more, find out more at acacamps.org. Wonderful. So to reiterate, everyone, what Dr. Lori has shared with us, the five reasons you want to send your kids to camp is to develop independence, to experience outdoor fun and adventure, relaxation, to be unplugged, and to become better at making and keeping friends. And what I love, the idea of finding their North Star, that beacon, that direction, that stability that keeps them feeling good about themselves and connected to others. Lori, thanks for joining us on the show today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Dr. Dam.
All right, everyone, that concludes this episode of the show. Remember to try to be the person you want your child to become. Seek meaning in your own life. Live with purpose, live with intention, and of course, be kind to yourself along the way. This is not easy. And finally, what I want you to do after you subscribe and tell other people about this podcast is to ask yourself the question that I ask myself daily. What footprint do you want to leave? <laughs>